0: Take a moment and think about the challenge that would likely occur from training a dog, especially if it's not yours. You're swooping in, you're a guest, you're a stranger, and there may be some challenges of getting that dog to actually respond to you. Now, imagine training that dog, except your trainer, isn't there at all. Instead, your trainer, your coach, is none other than Joel Harrison, who is my guest on the Attract pre sale Clients podcast this week, talking about his journey of the belief shifts that are necessary to amplify the value of working with the pet owners to train their dog without Joel even being in the room. And this is a beautiful example of what's necessary and the artistry that can occur through what we call belief-shifting persuasion because you don't want your dog just responding to the trainer. No, you want your dog responding to you. And that's part of why I invited Joel to be a guest on the program this week to tell his story in terms of the necessary journey of belief shifting that is necessary. I said necessary twice. Yes, I know. It's that necessary to have people see the value in what he does. Now, let me share some details behind the scenes before we officially dive in. I actually first met Joel online about maybe a decade ago we had a common shared interest we both then went in different directions and then reconnected in the last year as he joined on to our attract pre-sold clients premium influence consulting program and in this journey i go back to one specific day where he posted this incredible win which is that he said the other day he woke up and barely had any money in his bank account and then signed on two new clients, $3,500 each, basically pulled off a $7,000 day. In the time since then, his following on TikTok has continued to grow. He's launched a course that brings people through the journey in a self-guided way and just continues to be an inspiration to many others around the world, dogs included. So you can find the details of this week's episode by heading over to the show notes that we've made available to you over at attract.com presoldclients.com forward slash 19. That'll bring you directly over to the show notes of this episode. And for anybody out there who has had any hesitation on becoming the face of your business, promoting yourself, there is some incredible honesty, transparency, and insights inside of this conversation. As Joel was one of those people who dove in and started to do it before he had a specific strategy, which is a big part of how he had that foundation to launch off of. But then from there, looking at the journey of then shifting that message, becoming much more intentional, and now, well, you're gonna hear the story for yourself. Here we go, this is Persuading Dogs with Joel Harrison. Here's the hard truth. People are conditioned to ignore your marketing message. Most of the stuff you'd create doesn't get read, doesn't get watched, and ultimately, nobody buys from it. I'm Jason Lynette, and I'm here to help you stop being the best-kept secret to the people you know you can help. If you're a business owner, and if you're ready to cut through the overwhelm of launching something that creates massive impact and brings in an awesome income, you are in the right place. Welcome to Attract Pre-Sold Clients. All right. So I'm here with Joel Harrison. And Joel, for those who don't yet know you, could you share a little bit more about the work that you do?
1: Uh, yeah, I own Scuba Night Dog Training just south of Atlanta, Georgia, but uh, I help dog owners all over the world through the magic of the Internet with dogs that are struggling to live and stay inside their homes. Um, So that can be big behavioral problems like uh, aggression, anxiety, uh, barking and lunging at your neighbors and other dogs, pulling you down on the leash, Uh, really anything that's just struggling to stay in the home and have a happy life with
0: your dog. Yeah. And one of the aspects of this, you already revealed it by saying, hey, I'm from here, but I work with people all around the world. What would you say, in addition to the fact that you've got a system for training people and, well, training people, yes, first, (laughs) so that they can train their dogs What would you say is different about your approach to this training?
1: Um, I would say that my approach is very owner-centric more than dog-centric, right? Like, I absolutely care about the outcome that the dog has. But one thing that I've realized over the years of being a dog trainer is that if the owner is not getting what they want, then they're not going to do the rest of, of the program. So when I open up any lesson, I ask the owner how things are going. And whereas if I was doing it with my dog, I have an A, B, C, a one, two, three. If their problem is, you know, my lesson four and sometimes we have to do some prerequisites, but if I don't have to, then I'll go right to that lesson and work, meet them where they are more than going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this is your problem, but I'm way over here.
0: Well, that's one of those topics that often pops up in any kind of training, any sort of educational type thing that it's not always just the information. It's also the sequencing of the information. It, is there an example that comes to mind just to kind of clarify that for us though?
1: Um. Yeah, there is. Like if 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 your problem is like my dog barks too much inside the home, That's something we can come right at with and deal right on day one. If on the other hand, your dog is like barking and lunging at people and dogs on the walk, then we have to first teach your dog how a leash works. We have to then teach your dog how to move successfully with you. We also have to teach the dog to manage their own emotions. So there's a lot of prerequisite work to that issue That I can't go, all right, we're going to come right at that, which is really one of the more difficult things about my job because people always come to me and they go, oh, my dog is so great, except for they seem like they want to kill everybody when we go for a walk.
0: (laughs) And it's like (laughs) that's... Sorry, I'm laughing at that. My dog's doing wonderfully well. It's just that one thing that they want to commit murder every opportunity they get. Other than that, she's a sweetie, right? (laughs) Right. right. And to me, that's like you know, my kids are great. They just steal cars. Like, wait, what? (laughs) Not the good ones. Not the good. Yeah. (laughs) Which you and I actually go back, I believe, about thirteen or so years at this point, when we both were involved with. Very, very differences and industries at one point here. I've got to find out the story, though, as to what brought you into this world of dog training.
1: Uh, My brother, honestly. So um, I did lots of things as I was younger, primarily restaurants. I was managing a restaurant that wasn't doing so well. I was the low guy on the totem pole. So they said, hey, we're not going to be open on these couple of days. And, um, we don't need a a fourth or fifth or whatever I was in line manager. And so I got laid off. I think I'm the only person to ever get laid off from a restaurant. Like I don't even think that's a thing, but I did. Um, and about five days into being unemployed, my brother just called me up. He'd been training dogs for 15 years. Hmm. And two weeks later I was sitting in the corner of the room while he was dealing with probably one of the most aggressive dogs I've ever met in my entire life. And, I was literally trying to kill him. And um, that's where my journey with dogs started.
0: Was there a specific turning point from that moment with that rather aggressive dog? There,
1: there really was. For It was just a job for a long time. And I was trained like, you know, here, do this A, B, C process. And so to me, when I started out, dogs were essentially an assembly line, Right dog one, two, three, do ABC and go forward through it like that. And probably about 18 months into the process, I went and got some really, really, really high level education that was a lot more about motivating a dog to get the most out of them. And that kind of coincided with a time where I was realizing that this is not a conveyor belt. Dogs are not ABC one two three. Every single one of them is an individual, just like we are. And um, that kind of came through in a connection to go like, there's a lot more here. This is a lot deeper. And that lit the fire, I guess you could say.
0: And I'm curious to hear how you kind of fill in these blanks here, because you already know that often my brain starts to think in terms of marketing hooks <laughs> and messaging angles. But I think this is going to really help us to bridge to the next step of this, which is while everybody else is telling you blank about training your dog, I'm here to tell you that fill in that one too. How would you complete that one?
1: Um, I would say while everybody else is telling you sit, come down, stay heel, I'm telling you to get, the best relationship out of your dog by giving them exactly what they want, which I boil down into playing with your dog. And then I can take that half a step further to if you play with your dog and teach them the difference between when it's time to party and when it's time to chill out, that very well may be the only thing you need to teach your
0: dog. Yeah. And, and let's keep this going here. That, while you think playing with your dog means to blank, I'm here to tell you that playing with your dog really means that you're finish that one. Oh, again. that's I good. Know, I know, right? Well, <laughs> you
1: think playing with your dog means to throw the ball while they go get it and bring it back. Really means playing with your dog really means getting lost in a moment with your dog, building that beautiful relationship between the two of you where you are both learning to in live together, interact together, finding that real bond, right? For, for, for me, I think that most people coexist with a dog. And I think that without really getting into that intimate space with your dog, there's a lot left on the table that most dog owners don't even know is there.
0: I am flashing to either the best example or the worst example I can bring up here right now which is that for a while the Ringling brothers circus when they were still around and they've resurfaced recently, but it's more of a Cirque du Soleil type thing and no animals yet. My favorite act ever was the person who would have the trained house cats because one, you don't tend to see that often. And two, the cats just look so pissed off the entire way through. (laughs) And, And before I start to get hate mail on this, I absolutely love, love cats. You know, it's, the dog wants you to love them. The cat doesn't care. And that's part of what makes them, we have one of each now in our house. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's that ability so that it is enjoyable for the animal too. And not just for the fact that I've now got compliance. I've got obedience, which is what I'm really hearing is a difference here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that, and that is kind of a industry as we've moved more into the future, right? That yes, we can, get a dog to do the thing, but we can also be a lot nicer about it and and get the dog wanting to do the thing. And these days, I would say bringing that desire, understanding what your dog loves so that you can give it to them so that they will then give you the behavior that you want in return is the meat of the process. Figuring that out, I, I call it dating your dog, seems a little off color, but (laughs) but like, when you meet a new person, right, say you're just getting into this relationship with a new person, you're going to not go, hey, there's a restaurant up the street, they don't burn the food, the waiters, not an ass, like, let's keep going there, right? You're going to try something else every weekend to try and find out what you can do to make this person like you more and more and more. And that's oftentimes where we start with the dog. What is their motivation? What is their drive, their passion? Do they love food? Do they love ball? Do they love tug? Do they love swimming? You know, blah, 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 blah. And just honestly acting like a goofball with your dog in all these different ways to see where they go. Yes, that one. Let's do that one. Um, And then it's almost the same as as the messaging I hear a lot with kids is like, I don't care what my kid wants to do. I want him to do what he wants to do and be happy.
0: And that's working out clearly. (laughs) 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 Well, I wanted to take all of that too and also apply it over to part of the timing. I'd already invited you to come on the program and then we just helped to... You know, report this win of yours that you rolled out a course, brought in around $8,000 of new sales into that course immediately in the first week or so of bringing that out. There was some tweaking and testing that came into that here. I'd start this off by asking you the question as to what was the turning point for you in terms of truly owning the message of what you do on the front end, even before, let's say, the comfort came in in terms of promoting that to the masses. Um,
1: oh man, I, I I gotta just turn this right back around to you. And like, I, I know it's not supposed to be a commercial for your program, but like, you and your attract crucial clients program taught me that about messaging. Taught me, you know, I've been making TikToks for eighteen months or so before I joined your program, and I was gaining a little bit of a following. I was having some people who were liking the things that I was trying to communicate and trying to put out, but I talk too damn much. And I can't, the the thing that I really do is ridiculously complex if you pull it all apart. And somebody would be like, hey, can you help me? With my dog and two hours later, I would be like, you know, what do you think of all that? And their brain would have been melted a couple hours ago. And so learning to start putting that messaging together and then being restricted by the most common format that I use, which is TikTok, of to where you've not only got, you know, the second and a half to get somebody's attention, but the three minutes tops to get your whole message out is has really been a learning process and all along the way thinking about like wait a minute like how can I shorten this how can I get this punchier and more impactful what pieces can I take out because they are just adding complexity for no reason.
0: Well, tell me if this is a fair description of that. It's not necessarily pulling things out for the sake of streamlining it. It's pulling out the things that will become important later, perhaps, yet they're not yet important to the audience at this stage of the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I get stuck on the nuance, again, because everything's different. And, you know, 80% of the dogs that people come to a trainer with Whatever you do, they're going to figure it out and they're going to be fine. I exist in that 20%. That's my place in the market. But in the on TikTok, I'm talking back to the 80% again. So
0: it's a weird flip-flop for me. What you just said there is, one, beautiful, <laughs> but also, two, it helps to really clarify that here is that audience that typically would be left behind. Here's the audience that typically would be ignored or just labeled as problem. And clearly what you do can serve that other 80 percentile. That That's an audience that will definitely respond. Yet it's this positioning where now, where everything else hasn't yet worked, here's what's missing and that provides that solution. So it increases that reach of how It really brings people in, though. What you just said, though, I want to unpack, though, which is does that 20 percentile audience, do they tend to be the majority of people that are following what you do?
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything is coming through my audience on that front. And even when I get people that come in and go like, hey, you gave me a little tip here. I tried it. It didn't work. I can come back and say, like, cool let's dig in deeper let's talk more about this let's find out how to break it down because you know tips on tiktok are obviously not going to work for everyone and those pieces that even though they're my tips when my tips don't work for you that's really where we should dig in and we should find that's where like Yeah, cool. I gave you two inches deep, but I'm used to living ten inches deep, you know, and and just really getting down in the weeds of it.
0: And there's also a part of your story that I really wanted to amplify here, which is that there's so many people who go into this sort of stuck state. They create this sort of quicksand moment of, I need to have everything right. I need to have everything dialed in, and then I'll start promoting. And you just dove directly into... uh, I wish for those listening to the audio version of this one could see the laughter on his face right now because, well, Joel, you and I go back. Um, you kind of jumped in and just figured, I'll figure it out as we go, uh, which yeah. that's so commendable. Thank you for that. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Where fine. we You saw that in our community today, we had someone who posted a video. And I mean, it's one of the first times ever that I saw a video of this format and it was I gave six notes about the technical elements of the lighting and the sound. I'm like, I'm getting this specific because I have zero that I can say about the messaging. You followed the template. You made it entirely your own. I can see where you made some changes. And the fact that I can now only give technical notes. Amazing. (laughs) Yet, what would you say if you had to define it? If we had to unpack the strategy of... I don't want to say, I am going to say it, blindly jumping in (laughs) and completely being okay, said with love and respect, sucking at it at first.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, again, um, somebody in my world told me a while back that no one is going to see everything that you've ever done. And in the world of social media, if what you do sucks, nobody sees it anyways, right? And
0: then... The other piece of oh, let, me pause like, there, let me pause you there because I want to hear your take on this then. Mm-hmm. You just made the statement, if it sucks, no one's going to see it anyway. I've got to come back with the game that many of us can get into in our minds of but what if they do? I mean like hmm, can I I think you have to now, wherever you're about to go, be um, my guest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like this sentence goes like this. It either goes oh, no one gives a fuck. Or no one gives a fuck. It's awesome. If you get to that point where like no one gives a fuck about you, like if it sucks, nobody gives a fuck. Right? And like it's this thing how like, I man, I don't really know. It's It's really like letting go, which I've got plenty of anxiety myself, but finally getting to that point going like you got to let it go. And you've got to just move in the world and think about how often you think about other people right when somebody else makes a mistake how many times are you thinking about that a week later where i'm still thinking about the girl that i hit on in sixth grade that told me i smelled bad and i had dirty clothes, right like she ain't thought about me in 20 years that hurts um just the 20 years not her right But like, it's that thing where we think about our mistakes again and again and again and again and again, again, while somebody else rolled past it and never gave you a second thought and, and like really just again, moving and making now like moving and then dealing with it later kind of which is kind of just always the way i've moved in the world and i think that has a lot more to do with my adhd and my inability to plan but when when things go bad you just go like i'm sorry fucked up or i was wrong and then keep going and most people are gonna forget about it faster than you said i'm sorry
0: this popped up Recently, we had somebody who was asking, oh, I've been running a Facebook group, but then I stopped running it, and now I want to make use of it again. How do I address the fact that I haven't been active in that group? And I've already seen the results of my answer, which was like, you're either going to love my answer or you're going to hate it, which is you don't necessarily have to call it out if you just swoop back in and act as if that was intentional and not even have to point back to it. Now, granted, there's always going to be some exception to this. The day that you and I are recording this, we have an email that went out this morning and a social post that went out going, The deadline for this is Monday night, 11.30 p.m. And then somebody, I'm raising my own hand here, decided to do something to speed up the website delivering to people, which means the whole thing crashed for an hour and I didn't know about it until someone on the team told me about it. (laughs) Which, on one side, it's the um, reminder why I shouldn't be the one doing that, but also it then just to be playful becomes the moment of something didn't work. Oh good. Now we have a reason to extend a day and it's logical and it's sound versus we want more. Let's extend one day. So there is this balance. I mean, the phrase that I've shared before is that if your messaging isn't dialed in, if your delivery isn't great, they're probably not going to show up to your house with torches and pitchforks and demand blood. Worst case scenario is they keep scrolling. They move on to something else Though specifically, I'd be curious to ask you, for some people, it's here's the results that I started to get. Sometimes it's just the, I'm actually having fun and really seeing a response from this now. What would you say was that turning point for you in terms of now owning that messaging? And we we can't say to make it so everything that goes out works, because no, it doesn't. Uh, It's instead to increase the frequency of the things that do work, that do land, that do get that audience into motion for you this the, the 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 turning point into really
1: like diving in and, and, and connecting and knowing that i can do it I, I remember specifically my wife and i had um she had was one of the top managers in her company and she had won a trip to uh the dominican republic for both of us and as as a reward for being awesome and the day after we got back she was like hey um rent is coming due and I've been floating you as you're building your business and I've spent my savings and like you, I need money. And I'm like, what do you mean you need money? i just spent the only money I had on that trip. And I wouldn't have done that if I had known that you were going to need the money this time, which is a, a rotation. And she goes, yeah, you know, we talked about this, which again is typical. I can't remember anything, but I didn't have a move that day. Not only did I not have a move, but I was in like vacation lag and I knew I needed to make money. I took a video that I had posted six to eight weeks before that. And all I did was download it, clear the watermark off of it and re-upload it. Same page, same platform, changed. I don't know if I changed... Uh, I might have added a little bit of a, of a tail on to it as far as a call to action or something like that. But that video that had done really well the first time around for that point in my, 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 my process, I think it had had 35,000 views the first time around, which for me was huge. You know, that was the, that was the upper ceiling of what I could ever get at that point in time. And that video ended up, within a couple of days, having 800,000 views on it. And it, it brought me, God, I don't even know, way more than a hundred leads. And it was just that moment where it was like, I I didn't even do anything.
0: Like if I'm remembering, right. I think that was the one where you changed the call to action.
1: I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it was so small. It was so tiny. And like, Since then, I've been pocketing all of my content that's done well to use when I release a future project. But like now, the way I feel about the future on that is it's like, cool, I have a year of videos and anything that crossed, I don't know, 100k, which will be like 10 or 12 videos to be honest, by the time we get to there, when I release my big project that I'm I'm working on, I'm like, it's weird, man. I'm just confident now that like, I know how to get the attention and being able to get the attention means now all I got to do is like, I got your attention. Hey, you want this thing? Right. And, and that was the hard part. And it was at that moment where I went like, holy shit, I can do this. Like I can move from the guy who's been listening to the podcasts and buying the programs and not getting the results. At that time, I'd sold in, you know, 18 months, I'd sold four or five programs via TikTok. You know, everything else was paid ads. And it was at that moment where I was like, holy shit, this whole game just changed just overnight. I mean, and it's like, you know, overnight success after 20 years of trying. Right. Yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah. It was that, that one, like I have that day. and, And I went from like, honestly, sheer panic. That it was going to be my fault that my bills didn't get paid to book in. I mean, if I remember right, I sold like two $3,500 programs and $2,000 programs in a matter of two days after that post. And it was just like yeah, –
0: hey, I think I remember. Got, that was the a one about – uh, in the
1: works already, but a couple of them weren't.
0: Yeah, I think I remember your post on that that was like, woke up the other day with barely anything to my name, and then here's what I just did about it. And it's also exactly what you said about truly understanding your connection to that audience, your audience's connection to you, and then this revelation inside of there that, oh, wait, if I need to make business happen, here's the formula specifically for this relationship. And it's not the thing that, you know, we could say here, oh, anybody else in dog training talk about this. It's instead the way that your audience now aligns directly to you and you align back to them. And it's inviting those people i remember one aspect of this which is that i think you and i had hopped on a call real quick or maybe i just made you a quick loom video which was best problems in life are the ones that we create ourselves because there were too many dms there were too many comments coming in Mm -hmm. and it was oh crap now what do i do with this yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um and and that
1: that was absolutely true, and, and like that is a, a current problem that I'm still working through, and, and it burnt me out a little bit after this, you know, because I really went on a sprint to sell this program that I wanted to. It's a uh, online, it's a virtual group class, which is something I've never even heard of anybody else doing. But like, I can't keep working 18 hours a day on the dogs that I'm training that live in my home and get anything else done. So I had to free up my home space. And like that whole problem of having too many DMs and too many comments and like literally legitimately responding to every single one, go check out any of my posts. I respond to every single comment, which sometimes is absolutely exhausting and completely ridiculous. And it burnt me out. I didn't post another video for 12 days after I, after I finished, I was like, Oh my God, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> and like I was broke for a, for a minute there. Um which then gave me the which then gave me a piece of content to go like, hey, like with your dogs, there's going to be times where you can't do it. And so setting yourself up to have to do it every single time instead of setting your dogs up to like go lay down, be okay when you're not is it was, you know, it, it was like the problem gave me my own way out.
0: You might have just beat me to what I already planned on being the real, oh, wow, question to wrap up this conversation here in a bit. So thank you for that, Joel. Good to have <laughs> you here. Uh, no, it would be that for, you know, the people that we invite onto this program. They have a particular set of skills, and they're not necessarily known as being marketers or people who directly promote. They have their own business. They do their own thing. And... uh Either amplify everything you just said, or you might have something else here, which is what's something that you just know to be true in the nature of how the dog gets trained, how that relationship gets formed, that you think would be beneficial to an audience of people out there who are, let's say, timid to promote themselves, cautious to put themselves out there, and maybe even a little bit afraid of taking that moment to go, I'm going to make this thing happen. Let's just figure it out as we go. Yeah. um And I think that a long time ago
1: when I was a much more messy person, um, I was still doing hypnosis and I had a member, uh, a mentor, uh, Paul Ramsey in, in that process. Right. And like that man changed my life from top to bottom. But What he taught me is that the, the answer is through the fear right so like if if you're afraid of putting yourself out there your self is important i'll come back that in 2 seconds but like if you are afraid of putting yourself out there then that's the thing that you have to do right if you're afraid of the work if you're afraid of the time if you're afraid whatever your fear is like put your head down charge straight into it and on the other side you will find the answer that you're looking for and um that really is a piece that like if you're afraid of posting because you might look bad then like stop worrying about what you're posting and just post it and if you're worried that people won't like you post you they're there's hundreds, literally, of dog trainers on TikTok. Again, I have Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff, but TikTok is where I primarily spend my time. There are hundreds and hundreds of dog trainers. There are thousands and thousands of dog trainers in the world. Huh? Comparatively to most other dog trainers, like my dogs are not on point, bam, bam, bam. You know, like they, they can be sometimes, but not always. And so You know, I'm not the best dog trainer in the world, but I'm me. And when you see me make a video, when you see me in the comments, I'm going to be me. And if I'm having a bad mental health day, you're going to know it because that video is going to start off not as kind. And that's a little bit of a struggle for me because kindness is one of my major points um but i'm still me and when i have that moment where i'm not kind usually in response to somebody else's not kindness is like that's where people come out and they go yeah like that person's being terrible right and and support comes out of the woodworks and like people on social media don't care about celebrities that much anymore. They know that we've all got this phone. We can all make these videos. We can all do this thing. And they want to have connection. They want to know who you are. And that's what I think the strong suit is.
0: Well, I'd kind of extend that question, though. Did you Would you say that in this journey of becoming prolific and putting stuff out and also dialing in what specifically works for you in the messaging, in the delivery, in the style of it, It helped you to kind of better understand who you are, not just to the audience, but also to yourself.
1: Oh, yeah, 100 percent. Because there's still that and I still have that like people come into my comments and they'll, you know, they'll say unkind things, judgmental things, you know, in, in my comments, just like they will in everybody else's. And it pops out and it is public. When I then act that way, right? When, when I'm over here going kindness, 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 kindness. And somebody says something about one of my dogs, a video I made a few months ago where, you know, somebody was, I was playing tug with my dog and somebody's like, Oh, we're training dogs to be killers now. And I'm in the next video, a video responded to that. And the hook was, what the fuck are you even talking about? And it's like, dude, that's not the kindness that I'm supposed to meet people with. And honestly, there is a much larger life impact thing that was going on at that time that was like, man, this is real life and this is who I am and I'm having a struggle and it's coming out here. And like, do I want to show that or do I want to play the character? And if you play the character, in my opinion, if I'm playing the character, then I'm losing.
0: It's the, the Mark Twain line about the person who tells the truth doesn't have to remember what they said. And I'm forgetting if you were in the thread where I put up a video at one point and we heard so so many people drop the reference as to, I just feel like when I'm trying to market myself, I'm throwing spaghetti at the wall and I can't figure out what will actually stick. And someone goes, Jason, you need to do a video of someone throwing spaghetti in your face. And I went, okay, which turned into seriously, 35 minutes of my son, 10 years old, Max is throwing the spaghetti in my face. He's not on camera. But it took that long to get finally the take that I wanted, where the spaghetti stuck to my nose, dangled, and then fell down. And in the midst of all the reaction that this video got, there was, of course, the one comment—no, we're not going to name who it uh, was—as to, um, oh, it must be wonderful to talk about business when so many people can't afford food and you're just willing to waste it. To which, that's going to pop up. Yes, valid statement. Yes. Also, it was probably less than five cents of spaghetti. And it's perfectly themed to this conversation, Joel, because my dogs were so happy after (laughs) we were done filming because we finally let them back indoors. And that's all I responded was to go, Hey, thanks for your, (laughs) thanks for your thoughts. And it made my dogs incredibly happy that day that they got to feast on a few cents of spaghetti there. Uh, before we begin to wrap up here, um, first of all, Awesome to see everything that you've done and just to see the evolution of the clarity of the messaging, the clarity of the strategy. Let's not gloss over something that you brought up earlier, which is never assume everybody has seen everything that you've ever done before. And the real big step forward was actually repurposing something that already existed and just changing the instructions at the end of the video to go, if you want more of this, do that. So be aware that in all the testing, it doesn't have to become new stuff every step of the journey here. The other thing I'd love to point out here is, again, that relationship towards positive feedback and really showing up and being human. And this revelation that we don't have to be perfect, we don't have to be flawless in the journey of this, and everything we do is going to bring in an audience that either aligns with what we stand for, or they're a better match for someone else to say it politely there.
1: That's the most beautiful piece. That last thing you said is the most beautiful piece of this whole process is because I've got the messaging, right? Because I'm on the right line. I can always be myself. And if we don't align, I'm not begging for every dollar anymore. Like, I've been in a presentation before with someone who was being rather difficult and said, hey, what I'm about to tell you about, the program I'm about to tell you about, is you and me spending 15 hours together in this format. Does that sound like something you want to do? The truth is that it's not something I want to do. I haven't enjoyed it in that moment. But it gives me the freedom now to do that. And there has been, you know, again, there's been multiple, 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 multiple times in my life where just getting somebody on the phone feels like life and death. I have to get the money out of your pocket. And now it's not that way at all. I'm not rolling in it. I'm not super, comfortable yet haven't reached the goals yet but like i at least don't have to be i don't have to try to change who i am to make them happy because if they're not happy on that video i was talking about where you know i opened it up what the fuck are you talking about somebody came into the comments and said like hey you don't need to use profanities i understand that you're upset and you know for for me like profanities are who I am. I was waiting tables one day, and a woman told me we use profanities when the uh, when you know regular language doesn't portray the emotions we're trying to fit.
0: I will always quote a late friend by the name of Ted Robinson, who once said that we express genuine emotion best through profanity. And now we'll just add in the fact that he was a Unitarian minister and just made that story so much better. <laughs>
1: And my emotions are big. My, they happen all the time. They come hard and fast, and that's not always awesome. But like, that's who I am. And so in those comments, I responded to that. that that person, you know, comment after comment, they finally said, "Well, I was gonna schedule a call with you, and now I'm not." And I'm like, you know what? That's probably for the better because I we would have signed up, you'd have paid me, we'd have been doing lessons. I'd have said fuck, you'd have gotten mad, we'd have had a problem.
0: And so like, it's better to avoid it down. And just freeing. Well, let's let's help you to bring more of the right people into the pipeline. How can people find you online?
1: Um honestly, the easiest way is is TikTok, right? Um it's Scoob and I. Um spelled Scoobandy, s-d-o-o-b-a-n-d-i Uh is where you'll find me. Um you can also find me at com, but I spend all of my time on TikTok so jump on there click a couple links drop some comments send me a DM um and you'll get a response it's half my life is just working those DMs and those comments and uh I'll be there
0: awesome and one final thing here which is a lot of this becomes the celebration of the specificity of the message or this little epiphany that if I say it this way suddenly people respond to close us out Is there a story that comes to mind of just suddenly testing the messaging in a slightly different way and that made all the difference? Yeah. I mean, so it really,
1: I don't know if there's a specific one because, again, it's this idea of just going and going and going and going until it hits, right? And narrowing it down and really coming through and going like, or, and putting the messaging together as in, here's something of value. Like, I'm going to come out, pop out with the hook. This is the thing you either want to learn about it, know about it, or not. If you do, then I'm going to give you a real solution with real value. And by the time I'm that deep, right, if you've gotten somebody to watch past the three seconds, past the 15 seconds, they want what you're telling them. Like it really just sticks something to do on the end, and people are bought in by that time and 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 just allowing those people to go hey like here's the again here's the, here it is if you want it, here's how you get it, right? If you want more of me, if you want to talk to me, here's your problem. if this is your problem, this is what we do about it. this is how we move, and I I, right i'm trying to say that i'm trying to say this without saying people are sheep but like people follow instructions and if you've given them a reason you've given them something that they want give them the next give them the instructions i'm giving you this free valuable information which is where i have all my success you're having this problem i'm legitimately going to tell you how to do it the, the bread and butter of all dog trainers Every single dog owner wants to know how to walk my dog down the street without them pulling me all the time. It's annoying. The best video I've ever done is how to stop your dog from pulling. Got 4 million views. Got yeah. 500, no, excuse me. That video getting 1,500 leads. It's ridiculous. And all I did was, here's how you do it. If your bigger problem, because I've been back to that 80% of people. If that's your only problem, I don't want your money because I'm going to ask you for too much anyways. But if you have a bigger problem because this isn't the whole story, this is how we do it. This is where we go. Right? And and just tell them what to do. Tell them where to go. But you can't. But you got to be creative because if you say link in bio, the algorithm kills it. It's it's nuts, man. On those that last sprint I was doing to book that group class, I really got to the point where I couldn't take any more responding to comments and, and doing the DMs. And I finally made a couple videos on the last couple of days that were click the link in my profile. And for the quality of those videos, in my opinion, which you never know, but versus what I got with some of the other videos, like I got almost nothing. And I was like, this video... Should have got 100,000 views instead of got 10. It's because I said that. That's because I said that little phrase, that in bio, you got to
0: get creative. Give them value, tell them the next step. Beautifully shared. Thank you for listening to Attract Pre-Sold Clients, where you get strategies proven to work in businesses around the world. I'm Jason Lynette. And if you're ready to crush the confusion of what to say and how to say it to consistently attract your dream clients, check out our free resources today at attractpresoldclients.com.